Okay, so how's it going? You know, today was a day, but I am trying to look on the bright side of things. Well, the bright side should be you just got to talk to, talk to the world's cutest two, almost three-year-old, so... I did. He is the light of my life. He is precious. When this episode goes live, he's going to be three. My The rest of my day was garbage. Um... Except, you know, oh, there was the one, there was the one highlight, high point of my day when I got the weirdest message I've ever received on a dating app. It's my favorite. Yeah, that one, that was good stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff. Um, So join us on Patreon for Aaron's new series, Dating with Aaron, where we do dramatic readings of the messages she receives. Oh, God. That would be horrible oh my god it would be the worst we will relive the script from the catfishing episode for the tall hot blonde (laughs) what would you do (laughs) spare oh my god that's like one of my all-time favorite text interactions that i've read about also ended up with murder but so much of that like one of my favorite things that we've ever done came from that because i made sarah come in and read it and that she made that noise that we can never recreate <laughs> i'm not reading that <laughs> um, so one of my co-workers texted me last week and was like so my son who's 21 my son told me to tell you that your podcast is hilarious and something about a tall, hot blonde. And I was like, hey, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Tall, hot blonde is one of my faves. Yes. That story is just bonks. It's, yeah, like we didn't have to do anything to make that one interesting. It wrote itself. It really did. Um, speaking of movies. Oh, wait. Oh, first of all. Hot Girl Summer. Shot Girl Summer. Yeah. Because I'm vaxxed and waxed, baby. Let's go. But I also got my brain pills today. Nice. They're supposed to make me concentrate. Oh, I have to post about we'll elderberry today. I'm glad you said something. I'm an elderberry influencer now. You fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. They're paying me to post about them. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what the hell is this world? <sighs> I don't know how you ended up on like to becoming like an elderly influencer. <laughs> elderly influencer. Yes, you influence the elderly. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, buy this elderberry and these warm fuzzy socks. Um, I thank believe you. I also have a spa pillow. Thank you. You're not helping. <laughs> I've actually reached out to Geritol and Depends, so um, I'm just going to corner that market. It's fine. At least the flat tummy tea people aren't approaching you to shill their bullshit. The what? The flat tummy tea people. Oh yeah. Listen, if if you want us to like, if you want me to to influence for you, just don't be flat tummy tea, please. Yeah. Thank you. I will never. I will never be posting paid ads for flat tummy tea the end um well i was just going to say we were super excited about hot girl summer yeah our 
uh, our summer series. Oh, yes. Thank you for Lifetime for releasing so much true crime content in the coming months. <coughs> Wait, I thought we were going to call it Hot Crazy Girl Summer. Yeah, thank you. Hot Crazy Girl Summer. Um, and yeah. shout There's out. There's like six movies coming out or maybe it's just four. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and shout out to Amy for telling me about it because I hadn't seen the announcement yet. Oh, and shout out to Joey who just sends me every single like true crime based movie on TikTok and is like, maybe cover this, maybe cover this. And I'm like, girl, right? You have already traumatized me. <laughs> so, um, what we're saying you don't is, get to pick anymore. We are looking for an intern to vet Joey's movies. <laughs> no but we really do appreciate and we love getting tagged by y'all on tiktok like i love that so much yes yes i yeah it's really fun um i love it i love people like people like tag me on tiktok they follow me on instagram like my regular instagram it's really fun oh i'm so glad do you want to plug your personal socials right here at the top Oh, sure. Um, my Insta is dime.store.duchess. And I actually just launched a new blog where I'm going to be documenting my travel stuff and book reviews. And that's erindoeslife.com. Very nice. I'm excited. I sent, I followed your blog today. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, you can find my art Instagram. Mostly is all I post on my personal Instagram at lovepaulart. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, you can find my book blog, which I will be posting a lot more of my writing <coughs> on as I start writing more this summer at pluckyreader.com. Yes. And um, my personal TikTok is Mr. Van Gogh, and that's spelled V-A-N-G-E-A-U-X. And it's mostly all teacher stuff, but as I transition out of teaching, uh, it will be less professional and more Paul. So Yeah. So please follow all of our things so that next I can quit my job. Yes. And do this full time. Also, um, if you know any attractive, single, wealthy men with a good personality, I'm taking applications for Aaron. I will vet the first round. Um, But like. First of all, a very important separation (laughs) was announced today. And so unless your single, wealthy, attractive friend is John Mulaney, don't even send it to Paul. That's all I want. John Mulaney or bust at this point. I believe I already told you I've signed up for a brother-husband situation. Um, Yeah, and I told you you could get wrecked. Thank you. Oh, hey, we're seven minutes in and this is Lifetime Sentence and I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And today I'm going to talk to you about a movie that was horrible (laughs) and I loved it. I read the reviews and I was like, I cannot wait for Aaron to tell me about this bullshit. It's so bad. It is so bad. It is like a flashback to the good old days of lifetime where they fuck things up so badly that it makes the movie funny. And I was really appreciative yes. of the whole situation. Yes. Ugh. So this week I watched if looks could kill. So I'm just going to ask real quick, the reviews make it 
sound like it's got a real calendar girl comma cop comma killer vibe does it kind of and the ca- like campy approach to presenting it oh oh yeah okay. yeah oh yeah there's it's very campy like film noir type yes thing. yes Definitely. okay can't wait also if you subscribe to the lifetime movie club calendar girl comma cop comma killer question mark is back on oh good their app so just if you haven't watched it you should it's good um, and by good, I mean terrible. Uh, <laughs> anyways, this week I watched If Looks Could Kill. It was a Lifetime original in 2016. Oh, that is too recent and... for it to be that awful. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it stars Summer Spiro. She plays Jessica. She is from Westworld, Alone, Swell, and Platonic. The Never only of show of those I've heard of is Westworld. Is Westworld. Mm-hmm. It stars. I'm gonna butcher this, so I'm sorry, bro. Like my bad. Um, Tamik Kansalka. Okay. Um, he plays Paul. Yes. <laughs> He's from Scorpion, My Crazy Ex, which is another Lifetime movie, and Lost in Time. Is he hot? At least, am I represented by somebody hot? He's attractive. Yeah. Okay. Good. I that I needed that dub today. Okay, then we have Stephanie Estes. She plays Faith. She's from Tales from the Loop, Legion, The Redeemer, and In Full Bloom. Okay. And finally, we have Andrew Appleyard. He plays Lucas. He's from Scott and Crowley, A Comic Book Adventure, uh, Country Gold, and Revival. We open on a model taking what I think are supposed to be sexy photos, but they are just not. (laughs) <laughs> they put the boo in boudoir. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Man, I opened with a zinger. I'll take it. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing. Okay. Uh the photographer tells her to be friendly and approachable, so she sticks her finger in her mouth. That's what I do. <laughs> That's that's how I made all my friends. Like, hey. I'm glad I just performed that for everyone who's watching us right now. Have you seen those TikTok videos that are like how to attract a maintenance? Look up. Look down. (laughs) Look down for two seconds. Look up. Yeah. Pull in your chin. Yeah. Yeah. I also love the like the this is your model look. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Uh okay. The photographer, who I think must be her boyfriend, too, tells her she needs to look more like the girl next door. So she snatches the camera to look at the picture and then yells at him for making her look hideous. <laughs> Just, it's, it's a camera. <laughs> She's now, like, knuckle deep with her finger in her mouth, trying to picture herself with blinds pulled because she doesn't understand the concept of the girl next door. So she's yeah. like, I only see my neighbors through the window. So nailed it. Hey. <laughs> he convinces her to sit back down though and keep taking pictures. So whatever. This movie has full on opening credits and it appears we are in Oklahoma this week, which is the only place I want to be less than I want to be in Texas. Yes. I would like to say at this point, this movie had three different titles before it settled on this one. 
Amazing. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, Stillwater, because this is about Stillwater, Oklahoma, allegedly. It is. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the other one, but I'll find it for you while you're talking. Okay. Over at the police station, Officer Gray, who is Faith, is being welcomed to the Stillwater Police Department and starts her first day. After work, they all go out for drinks and the model from earlier strolls in. Faith is regaling everyone with stories of Paul, her friend slash coworker slash local senator's son, dressing like a Girl Scout, but Paul dips out to go feed his cat. He's about to leave when the model from earlier starts shrieking at a guy to leave her alone because he's scaring her. Officer Paul rushes to her aid, handcuffing the guy. Officer Faith escorts the handcuffed guy to jail while Paul stays behind to talk to the model. She immediately starts flirting with him. Her name is Jessica, and she thanks him over and over for his help. She tells him he's a real catch. Which is what I say to police officers right after I've been assaulted. Right. Um, Later, um, Faith catches up with Paul and says something about Jessica's story not adding up. And the guy they arrested has a completely different story than she does about what happened. Paul basically admonishes her and says that Jessica can't be lying and this should be an open and shut case. They're approached by Jessica, who wants to talk to Paul because she left her keys in his jacket pocket. Okay. He tells Faith that this will all have to wait because obviously pose before work woes. Duh. Right, duh. Um, that's how the saying goes, right? Um, uh, she thanks. She thanks him again for saving her life and then kisses his cheek. Faith is like, ew, I've seen enough, and same, and she goes inside. <clears throat> Jessica calls him her knight in shining armor before finally leaving. Paul goes home and pours a whiskey. He's relaxing when his phone rings. It's Jessica, and that's not concerning at all. Small town murder. That was the other title. Ah. <laughs> she's, she's dressed in lingerie like one normally has to do in order to talk on the phone. Well, um, okay. How do you talk on the phone then? Because I strip I completely said. down no matter where I am. I said I do it in lingerie. Just now. Okay. Okay. I was just saying, like, yeah. you sounded you sounded judgmental of Je- Jessica. Was no. that her name? Yeah. I always wear a bustier and thigh-high stockings when I'm calling someone on the phone. The same. Well, okay. So I traded my bustier for a jock strap, but the thigh-high stay. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? Why is my mouth hurting, Erin? I don't know. Um, so he asks her how she got his number and she's like, um, and if everything's all right. And she says she just wanted to thank him again and she got it out of the phone book. Finally, she's like, well, I was just thinking about you and now you have my number. So you have to call me sometime. Um, meanwhile, Faith decides to do her job and goes back to the bar and requests the security footage. Sure enough, it shows that there was no altercation between <clears throat> Faith and the guy they arrested. She confronts Paul with this information and how it matches the other guy's story, and Jessica was trying to steal his wallet, and the guy, this fucker, Paul, literally says, quote, a girl like that doesn't need to steal. What? A girl like what? I guess like she's too hot. hot to steal? Because, like... Yeah. Because, like, have you ever heard of literally any hot girl who steals? Because, like, they get away with it because they're hot. We did a whole movie about it. It's called The Bling Ring. <laughs> that's, that's true. God, I forgot about The Bling Ring. Bling- I forgot about The Bling Ring. I still can't fucking do it. 
You need to do more voice warm-ups. <laughs> Red leather, yellow letter, leather, beller, peanut butter. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> if you're not on our Patreon, you gotta go join just for that. Um, <laughs> so Faith and Paul get into an argument and get in trouble with the captain who tells Faith not to question a superior officer. Great. He tells her to drop it or she'll get written up. Paul rushes to her defense and says that she was only following her instincts. So Faith and Paul go out to get drinks the next week and play darts. She starts to offer him tickets to a football game when Jessica comes, Jessica comes strolling up with a beer. She and Paul kiss and he's like, he's like, oh, there's my movie star. Ugh. Uh, nah. Ugh. Nah. Apparently, they've been a thing for a while. So Faith is like, this is all great. I'm sure. I've got to go. Bye. Um, and she goes and does exactly what she's not supposed to do and calls the guy they arrested to see if she, she can find out um, more about Jessica. He's like, oh, good. That girl is crazy. She actually used to be my girlfriend. And I'm like, did they not question you at all at the police station? Like, they, <laughs> nobody asked you that? They're like, listen, a hot girl exists, so like, bruh, mm -hmm. what you doing? Paul has a barbecue, and Faith and Jessica find themselves alone in the kitchen. So Faith asks her if she used to date the guy from the bar, and she says no. Then she starts asking about the cat. Oh, Jessica's like, oh, look, at it's Paul's cat. Does the cat go outside? And Faith was like, no, that's an inside cat. Please don't put her outside, or else... Paul will totally freak out. So naturally that cat's going to wind up outside because I know how foreshadowing works. So immediately Jessica puts the cat in the carrier and tries to let it outside. <laughs> Great. But Faith stops her. Later on, Faith and Paul are at work and Jessica hits Faith with her car. <laughs> what is happening? This is my favorite movie ever. <laughs> I haven't even watched it and it's my favorite. Paul sees this happen and tells Faith that she needs better reflexes. <laughs> Bro! Paul is a bad friend. <laughs> I don't, that's not me. When I said I wanted to be hot, I didn't, I, I thought that I was a different Paul. So Faith goes to the bar to shoot darts by herself. Um, there's a scene where she tries on red lipstick like Jessica's, which is completely out of place and completely insane. <laughs> it's super weird uh, I don't know why you were uncomfortable by that one night she's Facebook stalking and drinking wine like you do and she finds a picture of Jessica with the guy from the bar on her Facebook page <clears throat> so she goes to see him again Josh the guy tells her that Jessica is a soul sucking crazy person and we cut to Jessica hiding around a corner outside of Josh's office and she's a literal succubus her face yeah. melts Mm -hmm. so jessica and paul go to lunch and she tells him that she doesn't want him hanging her out with faith anymore because she's jealous faith is jealous oh okay but paul talks her into giving faith quote unquote one more chance what the fuck i don't i don't understand this is somebody you supposedly been friends with since you were children and you're like mm, let's give her one more chance what the f no so Paul and Faith are at work 
and Paul tells her that Jessica is pregnant and they're going to get married in a super small ceremony the next day and he wants Faith to be his best man. Yay! Paul, I hate to tell you, I'm going to guess that she's not actually pregnant. Uh, We'll get to it. So they get married and Jessica tosses Faith the bouquet. So Jessica and Paul are painting the nursery, even though she's not even showing yet. Okay. Does she ever? We'll get there. Paul jokingly (laughs) puts paint on her nose and she gets upset and says she's nauseous from morning sickness. Uh, One day, Paul goes into work talking on his phone to Jessica, who apparently is just crazy with pregnancy hormones or, or just crazy. She's just crazy. Yeah. (laughs) She also gave Paul a makeover and he looks like one of those. My dad is a lawyer memes. Yes. Sperry's top siders. Mm -hmm. This is 2016. So only one polo, but it's probably pastel colored. Yeah. When he goes home that night, he finds the front door ajar, so he pulls his gun and goes inside. He's checking around the house, but it's empty. Unfortunately, because the doors were open, the cat has run away. Uh-huh. Um, Paul goes to talk to Faith about Tigger being gone, the cat. And Faith suggests that maybe Jessica let him out, but he cuts her off, saying he already gets enough grief from Jessica about her, and if he could just, if she could just, like, lay off. Like, bro, your wife is toxic. Yeah. Anyways. um, He also brings up the fact that Jessica has decided that she wants to move to Hollywood and be an actress. He says he can't believe how crazy she can be sometimes. Um, Faith was like, yeah, um, a 30-something pregnant Hollywood actress. That's a thing. That's, you know just everybody wants to cast mm-hmm. that in the in the lead um of a rom-com right now yeah so faith does try to do him a solid and pulls out the paper and shows him that there are some people looking for a local actress for a commercial when he goes home that night jessica is sitting in the dark lamenting about how it's too cold in oklahoma and how they belong in la he says no and she gets all pissy um, so he tells her to go audition for the commercial and he bets that she'll get the job. So she pouts off to the kitchen to find the paper. The next day at the audition, Jessica meets a guy named Lucas. They start flirting before she gets called back for her audition. Meanwhile, Faith is at work using her police computer to search for the cat, which no offense is probably not the best use of your work day. Um, it's probably better than most police officers spend their work day, if I'm being honest. Um, the next day, Paul wakes up to find Jessica singing in the kitchen and making breakfast. She got the part. She tosses the paper over him, over to him and then saunters out, tossing him a wink. Faith goes to the animal shelter to ask after Tigger, and the girl there tells her she's a really good friend, but almost all cats that are missing for more than a week never are found. I was like, great, thanks. And then you went over to doesthedogdie.com. Yeah. No, I knew this this cat was good. So Jessica goes to the commercial set. She meets the director who tells her she's a natural. And then, hey, here's Lucas. He's going to be her co-star. What a coincidence. But the best part of the whole movie is coming up. Yes. Because they flirt, they flirt some more. And then when they're filming, Lucas is playing Jessica's 
son in the commercial. <laughs> not her husband. <laughs> they just gloss right over this, but I had a great laugh at that. Um, over at work, Faith brings Paul a new cat, but he can't take him home because, surprise, Jessica is allergic to cats. Okay, great. But Paul promises to come visit the cat. Over at her house, Jessica and Lucas are in bed. Awesome. Jessica tells Lucas that Paul well, yeah, beats her. She's not allergic also... to Lucas's, only to cats. No. Um, Jessica tells Lucas that Paul beats her and that he's also killing her dreams by not letting her be a Hollywood star, which I, I knew like all applications to be a Hollywood star had to go through Paul, but um, I didn't know how that you know process worked. Right, right. Um, that one actually she that's I'm that Paul that she meant there I'm the one who's actually been blocking her personally from Hollywood um, sure all grievances if you also have been just applying directly to Hollywood at one Hollywood Lane Hollywood California um, you can that mail actually just comes to my house so you mm-hmm. can um, just direct all complaints to Aaron at lifetimesentence.com. <laughs> oh, and I just want to point out at this point, I'm sorry, every time she talks in this movie, film noir type music plays in the background and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So Faith and Paul are eating lunch together in their separate cars like cops do, you know, like they're parked next to each other. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells him to never let anyone make him feel less than what he is they chat a little more and then she pulls away uh, Lucas meanwhile is meeting Jessica at a seedy motel her foundation doesn't match her skin tone and it's very distracting in this scene okay listen that is something I told her in my feedback for her Hollywood application mm. is that she needed to stand out in her makeup choices um, but I meant either rock a strong lip or a strong eye. I did not mean that. Well, anyways. <clears throat> they, uh, da, 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 da. Lucas tells Jessica that he loves her. She says she wants to give him all of her, but she's scared. And he tells her not to be scared because he's not afraid of Paul and he'll save her. Now, does she Basically, also say I'm, I'm pregnant or has, have no. we all forgotten about this at this point? Oh, don't worry. <laughs> We're still going to get to Comes it. Back. Okay. Mm. Faith goes back to the animal shelter where she finds who else but Josh. So Faith asks the people that work at the shelter about him. And they tell Faith all about what a great guy he is and how he's their biggest fundraiser. And he takes pictures of the animals. And I get that people can be good on the outside and monsters on the inside. But I'm pretty sure Josh is a good guy. Um, Faith approaches him and asks him if he knows anything else about Jessica. To which he says, well, yeah, of course. First of all, her name isn't actually Jessica Monroe. Oh, great. And we cut to Faith sneaking into an office at the police station to do some snooping in the old court records. Turns out Jessica's name is actually Jessa Lynn Montgomery. And she has a long history of check fraud. Okay. Paul wakes up the next morning. I guess Jessica screams um, that she's having a miscarriage. Oh, great. Okay, good. He finds her in the bathtub wrapped in a bloody towel. He tells her that he has to call an ambulance and she wails, no, that she knows her body and the baby isn't inside of her anymore, but he calls an ambulance anyway because duh. 
she cries saying that she only she knows Paul only married her because she was pregnant and this somehow brings up life insurance and that they should go do life insurance right this second that's the first thing i think anytime i go through a major crisis is i think sarah only married me for xyz reason let's go get life insurance what even the fuck so faith is sitting in her police car one day minding her own business when she sees jessica stroll by on her way into the bar faith looks into the window and sees jessica with lucas holding hands Uh uh-oh she finally goes to paul with the information she has on jessica Paul's packing up his desk because he's taking some time off. She admits to following Jessica to the bar. Um, Paul, of course, is just a fucking idiot and gets mad at her and calls her a stalker and a wolf in sheep's clothing. Faith begs him to trust her, and he's, he says she's acting like a crazy ex and to stop being so in love with him. Oh, good. That's an adult response. Mm-hmm. He shoves the papers back at her and storms off. So Paul and Jessica are having dinner, and Jessica is calling him a selfish ass. Um, she says her acting career is blowing up and she can't be a big fish in a tiny pond anymore and they have to move to LA you've been in one fucking commercial bitch and they cast somebody your age to play your son um so oh she tells him she screams at him that she's a movie star not a mattress star but (laughs) (laughs) I had to ruminate on that one just a little bit. Let it percolate to see how much I loved it. Oh, I love it. So they argue while Faith, or not Faith, they argue while Jessica is holding on to the end of a knife that must not be sharp because it's not cutting her. He tells her that moving is impossible and she says it must be because she lost the baby. And I'm like, what? Yep. That's it. He walks over to her side of the table, but she says she can't even fight with him anymore and storms upstairs. Meanwhile, Faith is getting her ass handed to her because Paul's a big whiny crybaby and told on her for going through the records, the court records. She gets suspended without pay until the end of the month. So she turns in her badge and her gun. And well, this is usually where the action movies get exciting. So let's see what happens next. Are you right? She goes home and cries in the shower, which is not exactly the comeback I was hoping for. (laughs) It's more realistic, however. True. Meanwhile, Jessica's outside tending garden. Her neighbor tells her hello, but, oh wait, she's not tending garden. She's looking at where she buried the cat. Fuck. What? She picks up a rock and carries it inside and then works herself into a a frenzy and calls Lucas, screaming at him for her to get to her house ASAP. Then she puts the rock in a pillowcase and uses it to give herself a black eye. My God! I know. Lucas arrives and sees her eye and says he's going to kill Paul. He says they can't just leave. Or no, she says... Oh, Then he suggests like just leaving and running away. And she says they can't just leave because she'll never be safe. Because it, cause he took out a life insurance policy on the day her baby died. Uh-uh! Uh-uh! <laughs> and they can't run away because he'll find her. Lucas assures her that she's all going to be, a, that it's all going to be okay. And she drops the bomb that Paul did this to her because he found out the baby wasn't his. It was Lucas's baby. Oh, thank God. I was hoping that that would come back. Now Lucas says he's going to kill both Paul and Faith. 
And that yeah. escalated quickly. Um, he says there's one more thing, or she says there's one more thing she needs him to do. And over at Faith's house, she's relaxing with a glass of wine when a Brit comes flying through her window. Casual. Just then her phone rings and we see her walking into the bar to tend to a very drunk Paul. He tells her to go away and when she's in set, and she says she doesn't want to lose him. Paul starts crying about them losing the baby and he cries about how he really wants to be a dad. She assures him that he will. Um, just then Jessica calls because she's there to pick Paul up and I'm screaming, don't get in the car. Um, he hugs Faith, he hugs Faith and cries some more and then leaves. How does this bar stay in business? There's literally no one inside this bar right now. Um, Paul stumbles out to Jessica who is dressed like she walked off the set of Mad Men. Um, he drunkenly apologizes to her and she says, let's go home. The bartender comes out because Paul left his wallet. He gives it to Faith who runs outside and tells them to wait. Jessica saunters over and like looks at Faith. She's like, I thought I got rid of you. Uh-uh. Uh, so they have a little standoff. Jessica tells her to stay away from them. Um, they drive away and Jessica waves at her, giggling. Fucking crazy. So um, Faith goes over to the hospital to check up on Jessica's story. Um, the doctor refuses to give her any information until Faith asks if the damage that caused Jessica to lose the baby was self-inflicted. And the doctor says, what baby? There we go. He's not very good at his job. Uh, <laughs> That's actually how I get all of my information that it's illegal for me to have, is I just ask confusing questions. Mm -hmm. Just then a paramedic arrives with a car accident um, saying the guy was DOA. This guy, for being very dead, is not covered by a sheet or in a body bag. Um, and so Faith can clearly see that it's Josh. Someone cut his brake lines. Josh is the ex-boyfriend? Yeah. I thought her and Josh were going to wind up together. Like, I know they're setting it up for her and Paul, but I really hoped it was her and Josh. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, so Faith runs out of the hospital and gets on the road. She's trying to call Paul, but he's not answering. Over at Paul's house, Lucas is outside with a gun. He knocks on the door and Paul answers it. Lucas points the gun at Paul. Paul reaches in the side drawer and pulls out his gun. They point guns at each other and they both shoot each other. That is like, just like Paul. Just like Paul. Classic Faith arrives Paul. At, Faith arrives and finds the scene. Lucas is already dead and Paul is vomiting blood. And instead of like, I don't know, calling someone, she tries to hold his wound closed and yells at him to stay with her. Um, finally, she gets her phone. Oh, that's the first step in in CPR. Um, you just yell at your friend not to die. Have you not? Yeah. When's the last time you got your draining? Because that's a, a kind bit. of recent update. Finally, she gets her phone out to call nine one one, but is stopped by Jessica, who also has a gun. There's so many guns in this house. Um, she tells her to drop the phone, but Faith slips it into her pocket instead. Faith asks Jessica why she's doing this, and Jessica says it's because she had a horrible childhood, but then she starts laughing and saying that's not true. Okay. Um, Jessica also, brings Faith. Also, lots of people have shitty childhoods. I almost said childrenhood to pluralize it. Yeah. Well, close enough. Um, Jessica brings Faith into the house and makes her sit on the couch. She accuses Faith of being in love with Paul. 
Faith asks Jessica why she hasn't killed her yet. And then Faith starts to antagonize her saying that Jessica's too afraid to kill her, which is a, a strategy, not a good one, but okay. Jessica says Faith made her life a living hell. And oh, thank God the camera zooms in on Faith's pocket and she managed to get the call off to 911 before Jessica made her drop the phone. We hear sirens approaching. So Jessica takes a peek out the window. I was like, oh, damn, I'm dumb. Um, Faith stands up and is like, I'm going to leave now. Please put the gun down and maybe you can get some help with this. So the cops pull up outside. Jessica goes to shoot Paul again and Faith begs her not to, saying that she can be famous. Jessica says she'd rather be a rich widow who almost saved her husband and points the gun back at Paul. Faith pounces on her right then as the police storm in and arrest Jessica. Apparently there was time for a whole ass crowd to gather outside in these few minutes and they're all filming Jessica and snapping photos while she smiles and blows kisses at the camera. Nothing insane about that at all. No. So they put her in the back of a police car. Back at the scene, the chief of police is all of a sudden on Faith's side and talking about how she's a hero. Oh, good. Um, for, getting, for getting the entire confession on tape, saying Jessica will be in jail for the rest of her life. Faith goes to the hospital to sit next to Paul and cry at his bedside. No, he's not dead. Um, while she's sitting there, he wakes up. Yay! The first thing he does is apologize to Faith. Finally, for being such a dickbag. Um, good. She says not to apologize. There's no, no apologize. She just thought he's okay. They hold hands. The end. No ending Chiron or anything? Nope. Good. Because you know what that means, don't you? That it's not real. That it's not real. Damn. I figured at this point, you usually have a sixth sense at this point because we've done so many as to what was a real case and what wasn't. Yeah. And I expected at some point for the text to come through that was like, so this isn't real, is it? Because you usually ask. Um, I know better now. <laughs> so, uh, no, but that sounds like that sounds like a movie I would have a fun drinking game with. Yes. So. It was totally bizarre, but in yeah. a good way. So as I was researching this movie to try to find the case and Lifetime does tout it as inspired by true events, which. No, is it actually, it is not. They tout it as based on a true story. Oh, that's even worse. Um, yeah. Because nobody can find any semblance of a true case. Um, the closest I can find is one of the producers or directors who was interviewed said, this isn't a case from Stillwater because this was filmed in Stillwater. And this was like the Stillwater Times was interviewing. Um, this isn't a case about Stillwater, but it did happen in Oklahoma, but that's all the information that like is available. Um, Great. So I read the description of this movie and what I got out of it was that Paul was a cop mm -hmm. who sucked at his job. Yeah. So today I want to tell you about some Oklahoma city cop or some Oklahoma cops who suck at their jobs. Yes. Get ready for screaming. All right. Because this is a current ongoing case. So um, things can change. I'm going to say um, just an asterisk with allegedly where need be, but also charges have been filed. A case is pending now in court. Um, so there has been enough evidence to bring a case and to file charges. Right. Um, 
So I got my information from the Washington Post, from the Chicago Tribune, from New York Times, and then from a newspaper or a periodical, I don't know what kind of it is, called The Frontier, which is an Oklahoma-specific newspaper, which was really bang-up reporting. Like, reading this was like reading Texas Monthly, like that kind of level of crime reporting. Um, That's awesome. So, Stavian Rodriguez... By all accounts, his life had gone off the rails. Many teenage boys get into trouble, but few 15-year-olds grab a gun and attempt to rob a convenience store. True. But on November 23rd, 2020, police responded to an armed robbery call at the Oki Gas Express south of downtown Oklahoma City at around 7 p.m. This was mm-hmm. the second time that Stavian was in the gas station that day, police say, as he and his accomplice, 17-year-old Wyatt Cheatham, had previously loaded multiple packs of cigarettes into a backpack and taken them. Okay. After the store clerk had left through, it said through the gas station's drive through window. I don't know if that means like the entrance by his window or if it's one of those gas stations that has like the full body drive up window. Oh, cause, sure. Cause it seems strange that the gas station clerk is like, all right, we got to peace out. And then squeezes himself out of like the, the drive through window. Bye. <laughs> um, anyway. So after he left through that area, he locked Stavian inside. Um, the teen was discovered and was told several times and given multiple commands from the police to exit the store according to an affidavit show us an your affidavit? hands uh-huh, affidavit i know put an extra affidavit. f you know that words aren't there words aren't working for me tonight words are hard yes I know. um show us your hands sir one of the officers said to him over the loudspeaker nobody has to get hurt oh uh, well that was a fucking lie great surveillance yeah. footage shows Rodriguez climbing out of the building's drive-thru window. He actually did squeeze out of the drive-thru window. Um, Once outside, the officers grew more urgent. They'd been calmly talking to Rodriguez to get him out of the building, but now they were yelling commands at him, telling him to get on the ground and show his hands. So video footage, and I watched the video because I'm a dumbass. um, And so it just made me very angry. Video footage shows Rodriguez lift his hoodie and shirt up, take a gun between his thumb and forefinger, lean forward and drop it on the ground. He then starts to say something as he reaches for his back pocket, where police later found a cell phone. Um, But while he was reaching, officers started to yell several different things. Hands down, face down, get on the ground, stand up, look at us, face down. I mean... So there were six different officers all yelling different commands at him. Great. Uh-huh. I already so, know where this is going and I'm very unhappy. Uh-huh. So he, it, they said he had his hands in his pockets. It actually looked like from the footage that they were like looped where his belt loops are. Um, mm-hmm. But um, neither the less, n- neither the less, nonetheless, um, officer Carly was the first to fire. She fired a non-lethal round that struck the teen and it, one said a non-lethal round and one said a non-lethal weapon. 
And so I don't know what it was, but because it was classified non-lethal, um, she is not facing charges. I say she, something led me to believe it was a woman besides her last name being Carly. Um, but mm-hmm. we're going to just go with it. Um, anyway, um, so they fire this non-lethal round and so they are not filed charges. Um, but after they filed the first round, the other mm-hmm. five officers, um, began firing a barrage of lethal rounds that hit him multiple times within three seconds. Investigators found surprisingly that he had no other weapons on him at the time. No joke. A cell phone was recovered from the left rear pocket he had in his hand at the time that he was shot. Um, on the said the affidavit. So on the body cam video, Stavian is heard wincing in pain as officers yelled at the motionless teen to show his hands. And then one of the officers, officer Scuda, um, stares at the situation and just mutters the word damn it over and over. Like, yeah, that's the appropriate response. Yeah. A medical examiner, uh, the report from the medical examiner shows that Stavian Rodriguez, 15 year old child, Stavian Rodriguez had been shot 13 times in the head, chest and other parts of his body. That is a firing squad. That is an execution. That is not yeah. that is not appropriate police action. So officers Bethany Sears, Jared Barton, Corey Adams, John Scuda, and, Bra- and Brad Pemberton um, initially faced first-degree manslaughter charges in the death of Stavian Rodriguez. They were all put on paid administrative leave with the Oklahoma oh, City Police Department. Were. Um, so officer Carly, who fired the less lethal round was not charged. The police said, so like, if you shoot someone with a blank, even though you're just backing up your fucking ass hat buddies, like you're good, no big deal. Um, and this is where I'd like to say that one time this year, a teacher in my district posted a picture of her in a halter top and a short skirt on Facebook with a caption that said like she was feeling herself and going to have like a freak of night or something, which is mm-hmm. like a term from when I was in college. Like it's a thing. Um, a yeah. parent screenshot this post and sent it to the superintendent asking if it was okay for teachers to dress like whores um, on her own time on the weekend. This teacher was put on administrative, like unpaid administrative leave while they investigated that post. And she didn't even fucking kill anybody. So it's more egregious to wear a short skirt than to kill a 15 year old. I hate it here. So, um, you know, I'm now that I really think about it, I'm kind of sad the Chinese rocket missed us. <laughs> right. Um, so, If convicted, all of the officers, none of whom have more than six years of experience, face at least four years in prison, but possibly up to a life sentence. Good. Yeah. The sixth officer, Sarah Carley, was not charged. Sarah. So I thought she had a, like, I thought something had led me to believe that she was a woman. Um, Yeah. Police initially said in statements to the media that Rodriguez 
held a pistol and did not follow officers' commands. Well, when six people are all giving different commands, it's hard to comply. Um, So this is where um, the, the Frontier newspaper, their article was actually called um something along the lines of like the new star witness is body cam footage and it was about how mm-hmm. body cam footage and cell phone footage are changing the face of investigations and oh, changing totally. the flow of things for officers and not in their favor and like it was really well done um yeah and so prior to the introduction of body worn cameras prosecutors and the public basically had to rely on police accounts of fatal shootings yeah Early information from the Oklahoma City and Village Police Departments um, so so early information that they released to the public about three shootings in the past year where officers were later charged differed in key details from what body camera footage showed when it was later released. I know you're shocked. Shocking. I am. Um, So, yeah. Um, So Oklahoma County District Attorney David Prater told the Frontier that the new availability of surveillance, cell phone, and body camera footage has made a difference in how he reviews police shootings. Thank God he's actually paying attention. Um, The Oklahoma City Council voted to implement police body cameras in 2015, but the program wasn't fully implemented until 2018 because the police union said that the body cam footage could be used against officers by their supervisors. That's why they shouldn't have body cameras because the supervisors might post videos of them being jerks. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. If you, that hurts your feelings so much, maybe choose a different career. Um, so since 2018, Oklahoma city police officers have shot at least 29 people. Good Lord. The frontier began tracking police shootings across the state and found that Oklahoma city has the most of any agency of uh, shootings. And at least 19 of those 29 shootings have been fatal. Also the highest number in the state. By comparison, the Tulsa police department, which Um, is often seen as a like high crime area and was featured on um oh what was that a and e show that i used to watch that was the police ride-alongs hold on i'll think of it i have no idea anyway there's an a and e show that i loved that dan abrams was the host is that his name anyway um so tulsa was made to look bad but they only sorry i didn't i'm glad i caught myself before i said only but it tried to slip out they killed 11 people during that same time frame um they're the only other agency in the state with more than 10 killings great so oklahoma city's killed almost twice as many people as tulsa who's touted as a high crime area um Mm -hmm. so about half of the charges filed against oklahoma police officers who've shot a suspect in the last five years have been filed between January 1st and March 10th of 2021. Jesus. Uh-huh. The charges handed down from um, 
the death of Stavian Rodriguez are the latest instance in the United States at the time this article was written, um, because an, another one happened during the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, yes, but they, it was the latest instance in the United States in which multiple officers. Oh no, this was multiple officers. That was, I did. That was different faced murder or manslaughter charges in a fatal police related shooting. Um, so, um, in Oklahoma city, it was the second time in two weeks that a police officer had been charged with first degree manslaughter when the charges were finally issued to these police officers. Yet it is rare for several officers to face charges in these fatal shootings, as we know. Yes, um, very. As the Post reported last year, 110 non-federal law enforcement officers have been charged with either murder or manslaughter for shooting someone on duty since 2005. So in the past 16 years, 110 people have been charged. Um, uh, only a, How many have been convicted? Oh, e nearly half of them ended in acquittals or dismissals. Yep. Yeah. So as I mentioned, the officers who were charged were Corey Adams, Jared Barton, Brad Pemberton, Bethany Sears, and John Scuda. And I only reiterate those names because Corey Adams had already previously shot and killed a man named Tony Mathis in 2018 following a similar armed robbery. That's Great. according to the frontier. The shooting was ruled justified because, you know, police okay. get to decide the punishment now. Um, no police encounter should ever end with someone dying. Bethany Sears had also been involved in a deadly police shooting in 2017, according to a lawsuit filed by Stephen Rodriguez's mother against the police department. The charges filed against those five officers came less than a month after um, District Attorney Prater charged Oklahoma City Police Sergeant Clifford Holman with first-degree manslaughtering following the killing of uh, Benny Edwards in December. He was a 60 year old homeless man who struggled with mental illness. Prater said wow. in an interview with the frontier that he'd filed charges against nine officers with quote, some degree of homicide during his 14 years of reviewing police shootings and the prevalence some of video degree of homicide. Yeah. And the prevalence of video evidence has changed the way that he handled these cases. Quote, body-worn cameras, dash-mounted cameras, private security cameras, and private cell phone video provide another piece of evidence to consider when reviewing any case. Whether the evidence is used to determine charging a civilian who has allegedly committed a crime or an officer who's been involved in a use-of-force incident, this video evidence was mostly non-existent in the past. And I just think back to the hero in the Derek Chauvin case who was the... Uh, the teenager who recorded this that said on the stand that um, they felt bad and had like dealt with survivor's guilt and mental illness because they couldn't do more, like had gotten into depression. Every and single witness testified that they were plagued with 
survivor's guilt and PTSD uh, from that incident. Every right. single one. But I th- I'm thinking specifically, I think it was like a 17 year old girl who'd recorded the video that everyone had, that, yes. that went viral, mm-hmm. that she said, you know, just like they went into her like mental state afterward that she's the, she is the star witness. Her camera was the star witness. And she said, I wish I could do more. Like, can you even imagine? No. Um, so, um, <laughs> the frontier went on to say, so it talked about this video evidence was mostly non-existence in the past. And so the frontier went on to say, quote, and we're glad for it now because even in March, in response to the frontiers questions about the consistency of details of shooting police of shootings police have released to the media, Oklahoma city police department master Sergeant Gary Knight said he believes the department accurately relayed the information about the deaths of Rodriguez and Edwards to the public. He said, quote, I was the one who went to the scene on the Rodriguez case. And I stand by every statement I made that night. His statement was that staving Rodriguez did not comply with orders given by police. Which ones? I I also, as a 33-year-old man with a master's degree, could not have complied with the orders that were given that night. Yeah. Which orders? Which orders did he not comply with? And which orders should he have complied with over the other ones? Because, like, he he put the fucking lethal weapon down, which is more than I can say for the trained adults in this situation. Hmm. I say trained with air quotes. Yeah. There you go. Um. Gary Knight, this master sergeant who was at the scene of the Rodriguez shooting told the frontier in an email that our statements line up perfectly with what transpired on video. Um, okay. Um, do they though? He continued a person who just robbed a convenience store and then reaches behind his back is making a furtive movement. As for Benny Edwards, the suspect charged directly at Sergeant Duroy with a knife. Um, so, it's like when when somebody doesn't know how to say I'm sorry, so they just keep fighting and they just keep making themselves look worse. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just let him keep talking. Let's keep going. Now, here's... Because you are already just so chill and, like, mm-hmm. yeah, accepting really over this. Right uh-huh. Cheatham, the accomplice, who was 17, confessed in December to planning and committing the robbery. He was charged with first-degree murder. He was not even present when this child was shot. He was not even there when this child was shot. <coughs> what? Because an Oklahoma Ow. state law says that if you're an accomplice to a crime and your accomplice dies, even at the hands of the police, you are culpable for that death. Therefore, he faced first degree murder charges for the death of a 15 year old of a child who still has to raise his hand and say, may I go to the bathroom at school every day? Jesus Christ. Okay. I hate everything. Gary James, an Oklahoma attorney who represents police officers. So we fucking hate him. says that he is so synonymous with defending officers following shootings that he often arrives at the shooting scene before it's even been cleared. I would not brag about that, sir. What are you doing? (laughs) 
Well, they just let me up there to touch all the evidence. I ran my fingers through that kid's blood. You're fucking shut up. I mean, please keep going. I mean, (laughs) dig your own grave, but for real. I can say over the last year, when I go to the scene with officers involved in deadly force situations, there is a noticeable emotional fear on the officer's part, on the officer's part of being charged. There should be. (laughs) It's scary. I understand there's bad shootings and there can be bad police officers, just like in any profession. But it has turned now where police officers are getting charged when they are following United States Supreme Court law that they are trained on. Fuck you. First fuck all, you. Fuck you. How do you have how do you have an attorney's what, like how did you pass the bar? The Supreme Court doesn't make the law. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? The Oklahoma Jesus. bar is literally like the bar is so low. <laughs> Want to be a lawyer? Okay, here you go. <laughs> Jesus, it's a it's actually a um, reality show competition to be a lawyer in Oklahoma. Yeah, you... Supreme Court law. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's rare, like I said, to see police officer charged for shooting someone. Only twice since 2016 have officers charged with on-duty shootings been convicted in Oklahoma. Great. In 2015, a reserve Tulsa County Sheriff's Office deputy was convicted for killing an unarmed man during a drug sting. And in 2019, Oklahoma City Police Department Sergeant Sweeney was convicted of second-degree murder after killing a man named Dustin Pigeon. Pigeon, who was 29, had doused himself with lighter fluid and and threatened to light himself on fire. And body camera footage showed Sweeney threatening to shoot Pigeon. So he then shoot him, did shoot him five times. I thought you were going to say he actually set him on fire. So. Well, might as well have at that point. Like, I know. I'm just saying. Five times. Five. five. Official it's, petition it's, to... I don't know at this point. Okay, so here's my petition. I've been thinking about this. I think just parents should all take a shift. Just policing the streets. Yeah, sure. Like, it, they'll all do a better job. We'll all do a better job than the police can. Just like putting kids in timeout. Yes. Um, Or like... And, like, our sergeants, our officers are, like, moms who have six and seven kids because they, not not the crazy ones who have, like, 15. I don't need, I don't need Miss Duggar trying to tell me no how more to do these things. Um, yeah, please. But, like, if you got four or five kids, like, you're usually pretty good at staying chill in, like, a high-stress situation. And offering people snacks because they're angry, so they're probably hungry. Like, that's that's who I need being the chief of this new situation I have um, dreamed up. I'm bored. <laughs> okay. Um, so, even, <laughs> in fact, here's how you know how bad this guy was. The one who shot that guy five times who was doused in lighter fluid. The Oklahoma mm-hmm. City Lodge of the Fraternal Order of Police zipped their fucking lips defending this guy like they were just like officer sweeney never heard of him yeah i don't know her she can't sit with us 
you guys are with us. <laughs> so, um, the police union released a statement after saying, "We just stabbed Caesar." <laughs> The police union released a statement after Sweeney was convicted, saying that it grieved for the family of both Pigeon and Sweeney, which I guess I do no. feel bad for Sweeney's family because they didn't sign up for him to be an asshole. Maybe they didn't. Um, no. But they defended that Sweeney, and that's where I cancel it. Um, only by that's saying... The problem, like, th- yeah. That's the problem with that. It's like, you're talking about somebody who died tragically at the hands of a right. police officer and the officer that shot him right no i definitely breath. don't grieve for them on the same level at all at all um but um they said that he went to work that night expecting not expecting to be placed in this position um well, um, if you're like, I go to work every day, not expecting to shoot someone. And I don't shoot someone every single day. I went to work last every week. Every day. I went to work last week, not expecting to break up a fight in my classroom. And I did it. And those children de-escalated quickly and nobody died. And there were apologies at the end. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um. In July of 2020, a police officer named Chance Avery shot and killed a 49-year-old, shot and killed 49-year-old Christopher Poor after responding to a domestic disturbance in the village, which is a town of about 10,000 people northwest of Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. The village police department initially said that Avery shot and killed Poor during a confrontation. Um, but the body camera footage, wouldn't you know shows that Avery followed Poor, who was holding a baseball bat, into a room and ordered him to put the bat down. And Poor said, I will. It is caught on camera. Mm -hmm. Then he pointed it at the officer. He didn't take a step toward him or anything. He just pointed it at the officer and Avery shot him multiple times. Great. Yep. That, surprisingly, was also not the first time that Avery had killed a man. In 2013, he was a deputy for... It's almost like the police just hire serial fucking killers. Yep. And And then give them a badge and glorify them. And then give them the Catholic priest treatment. Because whenever they have caused too much trouble, they just help them find a new agency. So he... I had somebody... I had to hold my tongue last week and not kill someone that said to me well with everything going on nobody's gonna want to be a cop anymore great that's good (laughs) happy about that um take away all their money they don't deserve it so in this altercation 2013 i say altercation um officer avery was working for a sheriff's office and he and another deputy shot and killed an 18-year-old named Mahi Vist Goodblanket in his home during a domestic disturbance. Goodblanket attacked, according to authorities, attacked the deputies with a knife. And Avery shot himself in the hand during the encounter. And A, I want to know how that worked. And B, can you do it again? Just like, can you reenact it Aim for the a little courts? higher next time. Jesus. <laughs> um, 
of course, that was ruled justified because they didn't have body cameras. Mm. Um, and in fact, they were given a medal of valor for that shooting. I'm done. I quit. Uh-huh. I left. I'm leaving. Goodbye. So um sit like this. Yeah. <laughs> so after reviewing video footage of the 2020 shooting. Prater charged Avery with first degree manslaughter and his preliminary preliminary hearings um, were set for later in April, but I couldn't find anything else about him yet. Um, So then Russ Landon, who's the deputy chief of the village police department says that he is quote, purposefully vague following the shooting that he was purposefully vague following the shooting to not like to attempt to not be misleading, but to also not get any facts wrong while the investigation was just starting out. Um, so sure. he says, quote, the last thing I want to do is say something on the scene and then later have to go back and retract it. I tried to focus on what we knew at the time. I didn't want to say too much, but I also didn't want to start making statements about our officer was just defending his life because I see that kind of answer too often. And at this point, we just don't have all the facts yet. Right. Um, He said in the aftermath of the poor shooting, he was contemplating the potential for a civil lawsuit to be filed against the department. And he feared a wrong word could have been costly for the department. Well, I'm glad it it comes down to money for you. Whatever, get your ass in gear, motherfucker. Right. Um, The Oklahoma City Police Department offered just a one sentence response to the questions that the Frontier asked about the number of shootings and fatal shootings by the department. Mm -hmm. Quote. We always want to lower our number of officer involved shootings as no officer wants to shoot someone, but circumstances and suspects actions don't always lend themselves to that. Look, I didn't want to, I didn't want to punch my kid in the face, but he just made me like, no, I've never, I've never, So, yep. Gary James said the question will likely be Gary James was that um, defense attorney who's always on the scene of the crime as soon as the gun stops smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the question is likely going to be raised at some point whether police need to be trained differently. No, sir. That question was already raised. That's not a question yeah. that was raised at some point. Like you're four years behind, 10 years behind. The law tends to be on the side of police officers when following a fatal shooting. A handful of Supreme Court rulings have created precedents that an officer must be, quote, judged from the perspective of a reasonable officer on the scene rather than with the 2020 vision of hindsight. That is the verbiage. And that an armed... 2020 vision of hindsight? Uh Uh-huh. That's a long walk for not very much. And that an armed fleeing suspect can be shot if the officer believes the suspect would present a threat to others after escaping. So, like, how imminent do they think that that threat must be? Because, like, again, that seems right. like that seems like a lot. Yeah. Gary James says it's hard for him to understand sometimes why officers are charged after shootings when in his position, quote, 
they're just reacting to someone else and they're following the United States Supreme Court law. I just don't understand. That's it. not a thing. <laughs> he is That's married to that. Not a thing. He's, he keeps hoping that if he says it enough times, somebody will nominate him for the Supreme Court. Like he's going to be the next yeah. justice. Yeah. Quote, I'm not going to criticize any DA doing what they see fit. I will say in the last year, there have been tons of what I would call cancel culture pressure following police shootings, you know, saying that police are always wrong. It's scary. Sir. Sir, why don't you do a few ride-alongs? No, no. No, I want him to be in the middle. That'll just spur his his ego. No, no, no. Why don't... I don't even know. I don't even know. I hope something bad happens to you. I'm sorry. Um, Then he... I hope you get crabs. I hope you get crabs. Yes. Then he said... Oh, the DA Prater, who I like so far said that he's reviewed police shooting cases for 14 years and in almost every case officers follow their training and the law when they discharge their weapons but he is still the one that's charging people like he is going after them and reviewing all of this because every defense attorney can argue that they're following their training um absolutely but then he went on to say that there's a palpable sense of fear officers feel after shoot after a shooting and that most officers quote, work very hard to develop skills and tactics that allow them to avoid a potentially deadly encounter with a citizen. The only people who should be afraid are the bad actors who should reassess their choice of vocation. This is still in reference. I'd like to point out to an interview after a 15 year old was shot 13 times and killed by police. I just also would like, did he used to write fucking speeches for Trump? This just sounds like something Donald Trump would say. The subset of officers who should be concerned about the ramifications of their conduct are those who shouldn't be police officers in the first place, he said. Many of those officers lack empathy for for the citizens they serve. They're reckless, they ignore their training, and they do not use common tactics that can be employed to prevent a use of force incident. Oklahoma was ranked eighth nationally per capita fatal police shootings in 2020. The state ranked third in 2018 and fourth in 2019. So they keep rising. They're just like working their way to number one. So last month, finally, thank God last month, The first-degree murder charge against Wyatt Cheatham was dropped as a part of a fucking plea deal. Jesus Christ. Okay. So even though though police took took justice into their own hands and turned a fucking child into Swiss cheese, they were only charged with manslaughter. This boy had to bargain his way out of first-degree murder charges. So he entered a guilty plea as an adult on a charge of robbery with a firearm. Um, And so this plea came with the DA's office dropping the murder charge. His mother told a local news station, KOCO5, that she's thankful because this is what she and other advocates had been fighting for over the past few months because her son wasn't the one who pulled the trigger. 
Um, she also said, I don't think that he deserves nothing. What he, he broke the law. What he did was illegal, but he did not deserve a murder charge. Like, she, it's not like she walked in and was like, y'all need to let him go. She was like, charge That's him for the baby. things that he did. Like, <laughs> um, court documents say that, oh, I talked about that. Um, so this technicality that was going to allow him to be charged with felony murder sparked several protests in past months with community activists calling on protesters to only charge him with the armed robbery. So he is expected to serve eight years in prison and then seven more in probation. Mm. Kyle sweet. Who's an attorney representing the officers defended their use of force in a statement to the post saying, of course they did. quote, mm -hmm. We are proud to represent these officers and with respect to the tragic loss of life, we strongly believe their use of force was justified and we are ready to make that argument in a court of law. Okay. We, be we believe, he said, that it is justified for six grown adults with guns to gang up on an unarmed child. Yep. And just 13, go to fucking hell. They shot town. him 13 times. Now keep in mind that Sarah Carly, for whatever reason, was either not trusted with a real gun or didn't have a real gun or had a taser. That I'm not sure about. Whatever this non-lethal shot is. Um, so five adults shot 13 times. Maybe she had a gun and didn't use it because she didn't think she needed to. Or, or like know. Dr. Sarah said, maybe she was just a really fucking bad shot. <laughs> right? Maybe. Maybe that's it. Um, so, Damn. Um, Rand Eddie, who is the attorney representing Stavian's family, likened the shooting to that of a firing squad accusing the police of misleading the public about the shooting. Mm-hmm. Adriana Laws, who's an advocate for Stavian's family, criticized police for for the confusing series of events that ended the 15-year-old's life. So there are advocates who are speaking up strongly. Um, and so on March 10th, 2021, charges of first-degree manslaughter were brought against five of the six officers involved that night. And we will have to see how it plays out. Manslaughter. Um, that's even just fucking disappointing. Like, that's a that's a slap in the face. Yeah. So I like I know you talked about one case in Oklahoma. I want to talk about one more real quick cuz it's one that I followed really closely when it was happening. Okay. Um officer involved case, the case of Daniel Ken Daniel Ken Holtzclaw. Oh yeah, I almost talked about that for a Patreon in fact. Yes, he was an Oklahoma City Police Department. Oklahoma City, y'all got y'all are on the list now. Um, move over milwaukee yeah there's a new you milwaukee can, uh, in town um so in december 2015 he was convicted of multiple counts of rape sexual battery forcible oral sodomy and other sexual charges 18 counts against eight different women who he had arrested and i then, am pretty sure i covered him in I did deep dives in the dirty cop. I mean, shallow dives in dirty cops for an episode, and I'm pretty sure I covered him then. Yeah, you might have. I, I just this guy's a fucking piece of garbage. At least he's in jail. He's was sentenced to 263 years in prison. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't hate remember. That guy, but hate Oklahoma, as is my right as a Texan. Yeah. 
we have several reasons to, um, and Oklahoma's not doing themselves any favors. No. Good God. Okay. Well. So that is my not at all related case, but um, the case of the world's shittiest cops of this week. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Um, I need you to tell me something good. What have you been reading lately? Um, hold on one second. Uh, I am reading actually a really, 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 really good book. It is an advanced reader's copy. It comes out on May 25th. I have literally rated two books, five stars, and I'm not even done with this one yet. So... Uh, I've rated two books five stars this year. Well, this will be two, as long as the plot doesn't completely fall apart in the second half of this book. Um, they both come out in May. One is Taylor Jenkins Reid, Malibu Rising. The other is this book called The Gunkle. Oh, I remember you talking about that. It okay. Is very poignant and lovely, but also absolutely hysterical. It is about a man, his best friend dies and his best friend was a woman who was married to his brother and she dies and when he arrives to go to the funeral his brother tells him that he's addicted to drugs and needs to go to rehab and so he needs him to watch their his two children for 90 days i love and the premise his adventures it's his adventures with these two delightful children over 90 days while his brother is in rehab and they're they live in palms or he lives in palm springs california because he's an old he's an actor it's hilarious i love it it's so funny it's made me laugh it's made me cry it's been so 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 good so so far highly highly recommend love it what about you what are you reading i just downloaded on audible dolly parton's new memoir Ooh. Um, I don't remember the full title. I'll look it up into something, but it's it's My Life in Lyrics um, is the subtitle. Mm -hmm. And so it is, from what I have understood, it is a memoir where like each section is based on like a song and what was going on in her life at the time. Uh -huh. um, okay. And the audiobook is read by Dolly Parton. So. Oh, of course. I love it when authors read their own books. It me too. Me it's called Dolly Parton Song Teller. Nice. Uh, and it's just her collection of like memories about songwriting. And um, it looks really good so far. And uh, it has really good reviews. So I'm excited to get further into that. Awesome. Yes, I am probably going to, well, I'm going to get off here and do a little bit of work on my real job and then probably finish this book tonight. So nice. Plan. All right. We want to know what y'all are reading. Send us an email or let us know on Instagram. Tag us on Instagram oh, oh. with what you're reading. And keep t keep showing us what what you're doing while you're listening to our podcast. Because those, yes, like, those we were, love that was a those. great week. Mm -hmm. That was really uh, fun. So. Well, until next time. Yeah. Oh, wait. We need social media. Uh-huh. We have social media. Uh-huh. Um, you can find us on Instagram at life sentence 
at Lifetime Sentence. No. Nope. Find mm-hmm. us on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. I thought I'd said Twitter and I had mm-hmm. to replay the words in my head. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Yep. Also at that Facebook, you can find the link to our Discord. Please join us and hang out. Um, we are having a yes, blast please. over there. We are. And join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Um, it's been really fun. We're having a good time. So, yeah. Always a good time. And uh, maybe pick up some merch while you're at it. Ina and Aaron's new shirts came in today, and we love them. Yes, they're very cute. Um, so um, that's all I've got. Do you have anything to add? No, that's everything. All right. Well, then, until next time, please don't forget to eat every single one of your vegetables. And charge your phone. Bye. Bye.